This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. So the Oilers have not beaten an Eastern Conference team this season. 0-5-1 is the mark after falling 3-2 to the Penguins tonight at Rogers Place. No scoring in the first period. Hornquist, Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, and Sheary scored in that order in the second period. Malkin had the only goal in the third. That was on the power play. The Oilers' special teams continue to disappoint. They did get a power play goal going one for five on the evening. And they did kill off a long two-man disadvantage in the second period, but the Penguins scored two other power play goals to go two for four. Edmonton's penalty killing on the season is now at 68.3%, and the power play not helping much either. It's at 13.2%. You know, Rob, you add that together. That is, I mean, usually the special teams... A coach will say, I want them, if you add them together, I want them to be over 100. Yeah. I mean, you add the Oilers together, they're at 81. It, as I said before, the the penalty killing, it, I, I, I've not seen a team in the 60s before. It's like in the 70s. Not for 11 games. No. In the se- no, yeah, I mean, anytime it can happen in one game. But in, uh, in the 70s is bad. A bad power play in the NHL is in the, the mid-80s. That's a bad power. Uh, excuse or me, a bad, bad penalty kill. Yeah. Uh, a good penalty kill. Ninety would be right around where you want to be as a penalty kill or high or high eighties. So it, it is unbelievable that they're at where they're at this far into the season. Like we are, all, uh, an eighth of the season done, and they're right now still. And that's why I mean, if you want to look at one, if you had to say, okay, you got one, give me one reason why the others are losing hockey games, you could say penalty kill right there, and that could be a big. Number one reason why the Oilers are where they are in the standings. Yeah, three seven and one. They're only ahead of the uh, Arizona Coyotes in the Western Conference. Well, actually, in the entire league. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you got to worry about the West here to make the playoffs. Uh, a lot of work still to do for the Oilers. And, and again, close games, six in a row, tied after two periods. But more often than not, they're not the team making the crucial play to get it done. The three stars tonight: Chris Letang, Connor McDavid, and Matt Murray. In that order. Rob is going to choose our fourth star for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I thought Leon Dreisettle had a good game tonight. He scored a goal. He set up a number, including he set up Patty Maroon late in the hockey game, and that's one where Matt Murray made the unbelievable save as Maroon was by himself in front of the net with less than 30 seconds to go in the hockey game. So for me, Leon Dreisettle was our fourth star of the game. All right, you can get us at 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Adam to the program. Hello, Adam. Hey, how's it going? Doing all right. Um, I just want to comment on the game tonight. Um, what Rod said earlier about Cam Talbot, um, I don't think it's his fault necessarily. He played an extraordinary game. Uh, he stood on his head. Um, and you really can't blame him, like what Rod was saying. I know it's uh, hard for him to stay consistent when the de- when the defense isn't uh, you know, always up to par. And that's the one thing I found with the Oilers tonight is that they're uh, – their defense was much better, and they were on their assignments um, pretty much throughout the game. The only thing that did kill them this game was their third-period power play. I think that's really the, the downfall that really set them back in the game. Yeah, that's a good point, Adam. And and Rob and I were touching on earlier where if you know last year, and I know sometimes people get sick of talking about last year, but I think it's still relevant. 
that, you know, if you went into a third period tied, up a goal, down a goal, you felt if the Oilers earned a power play that the game could pivot on that. They either put it away, tie it up, or get the eventual. I mean, I remember, I remember a game here, the, the New Year's Eve game, I remember. The Oilers didn't play great. Vancouver came in and checked really hard. Oilers got a power play with three minutes left, tied the game. Yes, lost in a in a shootout. But you squeak a point out of out of a tough night because your power play comes through, and and Adam, you make a great point. If you have two power, you're tied two two, and someone were gonna was would tell you, all right, you know what, you're gonna be on the you're gonna get two penalties, you're gonna get two power plays in the first six minutes of the third period in a two two tie. You would take that every night, and the Oilers got that and didn't convert. Yeah, I agree. I, last year there'd be games that they were not playing well, they're being outplayed but the game was close. And if they got a power play, you're like, all right, they're going to score. It was, it was automatic. It was, uh, they had a swagger about them, and the Oilers don't have that same swagger right now. So there's so many, I mean, Tom McClellan's going to have a heyday with video, just things he's going to be able to show that for both good and bad. Again, this was a, a game that was there for the taking. They did a lot of good things in this hockey game, and this is the Stanley Cup champions, two-time Stanley Cup champions. But... At the end of the day, it's about wins and losses, and right now the Oilers are not getting points for playing well. They're not going to move up in the standings because they're getting better. They have to win hockey games, and it's not getting done. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll bring Kent onto the show as well. Hey, Kent, good to hear from you. Guys, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I heard a lot uh, of discussion about Talbot and so on and so forth, and I, I just wanted to bring up something that had been brought up on other shows on Ched. Um, I think it was Wood Guy who was talking about it on Bob's show, which is uh, a stat called Goal Saved Above Average, um, which is a kind of fancy stat uh, that uh, Emmanuel Perry has come up with on his site. Anyways, um Last year, Talbot ranked number two in the league with over 23 goals saved above average. And this year, he's so far somewhere around 23rd. Um, Goaltending, just like statistically, I've been doing stats for about seven years for hockey. And statistically speaking, the goaltending can just be so powerful. I, I think that part of what we saw last year was a kind of masking of other factors just from exceptional extremely exceptional play from cam talbot what i saw tonight you know just by looking at it i thought talbot's performance was fair to good or maybe even very good um i didn't think that there was a lot wrong with him but what we saw last year from him was just so very exceptional it might have it definitely covered over some other weaknesses you know like something like trading Taylor Holloway was something that we didn't even miss at all because of just such exceptional play from Cam Talbot. And when you're missing Hall and you're missing Eberly and you're not, you're missing your best offensive defenseman and your goaltender is giving you what I consider to be fair professional play, but maybe not, you know, the best goaltending in the league, which there's a case to be made that Talbot was close to that last year, especially given the length and the amount of games that he played. Well, you might get a result like this, you know? Yeah, Kent. Well, I, and I think, too, I remember, I, I don't have the stat in front of me because I read it the summer Talbot was traded to the Oilers. Remember, he played that huge block of games for the Rangers because Lundqvist mm-hmm. was injured, and I think he had one of, 
if not the highest save percentage on dangerous shots. I mean, somebody tracks sure. shots from the slot yeah. or within 20 feet or something like that. So, yeah, it can't. And I think, you know, the, the special teams, there has been a huge drop off. I, I think in other areas of the game, there has been maybe slight drop offs. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you make a fair point. Talbot has gone from excellent to very good. You know, it said maybe nine out of ten goaltending, he's given you seven and a half, but you add that with some other things that aren't performing, and, and that's and that's how you get mm-hmm. get the record. Because, like I said, the games are close. They're not getting wiped out five one every night, but no. they're not getting they're not often winning key moments in games. Well, mm-hmm. if if you th- go right now and you added if the Oilers specialty teams were average in the NHL. Oh, it's not worth good. another seven not, goals. Yeah, so all of a sudden the Oilers are probably, well, I would say they're above 500, and that's just with average specialty teams. That's how far down their specialty teams are right now. So 5-on-5, five five, this team isn't bad and, and controls a lot of the game. But their specialty teams has been so disappointing that if they were just average, if they were 15th in the NHL in both power play and 15th in penalty killing, they would be above 500 and be probably close, if not in a playoff spot, if they had average specialty teams on the season. You know, I just brought up, and this doesn't include all of tonight's games, obviously, Arizona's penalty killing is actually worse than the Oilers, believe it or not, so they're not last, uh, but they're at 68.3%. 19 teams have a penalty kill of 80% or better. And the middle team is Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota and Winnipeg are 15, 16. They're at 80 and a half, Rob. So, yeah, you're right. If they had, if they were in the middle of the pack penalty killing, 80 and a half percent, uh, I mean, you, you're shaving four or five goals off. And then you had the, the power play. the power play, I mean, that could be, a, it could be a 10-goal swing. And, if the they Oilers, had average. and how many one-goal games have the Oilers lost this year? Yeah, four games or where, games where it's were, tied in the third yeah. and you might give up an empty netter or an extra goal. Yeah, it, it is... It is, uh, well, so I want to say mind-boggling. I don't, don't want to but <laughs> quite go that no. far. But the power play, actually, the power play might be mind-boggling because there's too much talent for the power play to be where it is right now. The penalty killing, obviously, we heard during uh, Tom McClellan's talk afterwards, since November of last year, their pa- penalty killing has not been good. Yeah. So I don't think that's as surprising that it's lower in the standings. But it's certainly surprising that it's in the 60% range. That is way too low for National Hockey League yeah. team. Well, and you made a good point. If it were 78, you'd be saying it wasn't good enough, and it's 68, so absolutely. Uh, 780-496-0063. Penguins beat the Oilers 3-2. We'll bring in uh, Doug onto the show. Doug, it's 1043. Go ahead. Yeah, guys, listen, another day, same story, it seems, right? Deja vu all over, it seems. Listen, uh, Rob, we talked earlier um, uh, power play, penalty killing, all that stuff. You, as an offensive player, I talked to you earlier on, and you said you hated it when you were getting pressured when you had the puck. I, I watch our, our penalty killing, and I think we play this stagnant box, uh, trying to block the pass through or whatever it is, but we don't pressure the puck at all. You watch Pittsburgh tonight. They were on our guys, uh, on the penalty killers, like, like stink on manure, right? Uh, they don't give you time to really set up or make a play and uh when you're stagnant standing still it's easy to check now pittsburgh doesn't run around like chickens with their heads cut off but they they, they're quick fast 
team and, and they know how to put pressure on, eh? And I think that's part of our issue right now with, with our penalty killings. We don't pressure anybody who has the puck. We're very stagnant. And that goal that Malcolm got, I mean, they just let him walk in. They just backed up, backed up, very, very stagnant, not aggressive at all. To me, that's the penalty killing. That's part of the system, too, I think. Now, you talked earlier about the personnel. How do you change your personnel? Uh, I mean, you, you are what you are as, as the uh, players that you have on this team. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, has been uh, known to make bold moves. I don't know. Do you make a bold move? What is that? No. Uh, I mean, how do we fix this going forward is what I'm getting at, eh? Well, I, you're you're right. I, when I was talking about personal moves, I was just saying different players that are on in the current lineup, changing, the penalty killing. I I don't, I don't know what moves the Oilers could make, um, trade wise. I don't think they're at that point yet, and tra- making trades. You, I don't think the Oilers are deep enough at positions to be able to make trades. The Oilers aren't deep enough on the wing that they can trade anyone. They're not deep enough on the back end. They're strong in center. The Nugent Hopkins would be the only player at the center ice position that you would trade, but then all of a sudden you're forcing dry settle now to play center. And I don't think you want to have, I think you want to have the option. So I don't think the Oilers are deep enough with their current roster to be able to make moves that way. I think you start looking within, who do, who do you penalty killing right now? Are they good enough at what they're doing? If not, is there someone else in your lineup that you can put out there and penalty kill? Is there a defenseman pairing that is better that have been getting too much time or not enough time? I think that's what they're going to look at first. Um, and then also, yeah, absolutely look at the way you're penalty killing. I, I agree. I hated being rushed. If, if you're a skilled player and they're giving you time and they're giving you space, you can beat just about any box or, or any formation because you're smart enough and you're skilled enough to make the play that you have to be made. If you're being forced... Now you got to make that decision much quicker. And sometimes the decision that you make, the guy that you want to give it to, he's not right in the, in the right spot yet. But you have no choice because the guy's coming on you. We used to call it eyeballs. Well, I'm trying to say it politically. Eyeballs and butts. If you see their eyeballs, you don't force. If you see their butts, you force hard. And you just don't give them time and space. And teams are doing that with against the Oilers, obviously. They do not want Connor McDavid to have time to think about where he's going to put the puck. So they try to get on him as quick as possible. 3-2, the Penguins beat the Oilers tonight. Really good goaltending performance by the Penguins. Matt Murray, here he is. That at all. Um, my job is to stop the puck, and that's my, my only goal, and my only uh, mindset is to, to stop the next one. So it doesn't change uh, with whatever is going on elsewhere. That's out of my control. What was kind of going through your head late? Save on Maroon, another one pause. Um, no, I mean, just trying to uh, to stay loose, and you know, I know they're they're going to throw a lot of bucks to the net and, and got a lot of bodies there, especially late when they're trying to tie it up like that. So, um, yeah, just try to uh, to stay aggressive and stay in his face, and um, yeah, played it pretty well, and, and they, you know, our guys did a good job at, at keeping them to the outside for the most part. I feel like you guys just needed a, a win, needed something good to happen, needed to get off. of yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, we're, we're working our tails off every night, so that's not the issue. It's um, just little subtle mistakes here and there, and um, little kind of uh, lapses in, in judgment, and, and that's been hurting us. So tonight we tried to stay on our toes and um, just play an overall solid game, and I think we did that.
All right, Matt Murray for the Penguins makes 35 saves. The Penguins take down the Oilers 3-2 tonight at Rogers Place. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Quick look at the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard. New Jersey will be here on Friday. They beat the Canucks 2-0. Maple Leafs win 3-1 in Anaheim. San Jose is leading the Predators 3-1 with 10 minutes left. Chicago shuts out Philadelphia 3-0. The Astros win the World Series 5-1 in Game 7 over the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yessi Pugliarvi gets his first of the season for the Bakersfield Condors. The Oilers' AHL team wins 5-2 against the Manitoba Moose. 780-496-0063. We have Sean on the line. Are we on Sean, Patrick? Is that the right guy? Uh, Sean? We are on Sean. Okay, Sean, go ahead. Uh, thanks for taking my call, guys. Uh, I am a first-time caller here, and I usually just listen, but I thought I'd call in because uh, some I noticed something that uh, not has been happening with our guys this year that's been happening that was happening last year and it's that we haven't taken a single like goaltender interference penalty or we haven't you know had a single controversial goal that may or may not have been goaltender interference and i feel like the type of team that Shirelli's built here with like Maroon and Lucic and Cassie you know we should be taking uh you know we should have at least some controversial goals here and there you know and it seems like we're not going to the net hard enough or I just wanted your guys' opinion on that because I was watching a game between Toronto and Ottawa the other, like, a week ago or so, and there were three, three different goals in that game which, like, were controversial, you know? Sean, I don't, rem- uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, first of all, how many they had last year. Do yeah, you remember, no, Sean? Do you, do, you, I, okay. do you happen to remember? Because I'd, I'd have to go back and I look through all the games. But I feel like that's not happening at all. Do you, do you think that's a problem? Like, well, I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, obviously you don't want the controversial goal, but you want guys around the net. And I, I made a point, uh, I'm not sure if it was the last game against Washington or the one before that, but the Oilers late in the game had a power play and they went up six on four and they had three or four shots from the point with nobody in front of the net. And, and guys are moving just to the side of the goalie to try and deflect instead of having bodies right in front of the net. And they, the Oilers have got some big bodies up front. They're built, just like you said, they're built to be a team that's going to play in the blue paint. But to play in the blue paint, you have to be in the blue paint. So you're absolutely right that we don't see enough of those scrums in front of the net to score the ugly goal. And when you're a team right now that doesn't score very much, then you certainly want to hang around the blue paint because that's where the goal scorers score. All right, Oilers fall 3-2 to the Penguins. A little more post-game reaction, more of your calls coming up. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair. Home ice has not been an advantage for the Edmonton Oilers this season. They fall to 2-5 and five at Rogers Place. Pittsburgh Penguins win it 3-2 tonight. Did you see that? Is this some... the marriage proposal? Yeah, did you hear about that already? I've just seen some of it on Twitter. One of the Astros? One of the Astros just asked a girl to marry him on live TV. He put, I saw him did pull some know, out of his did, back pocket. Did they know each other ahead of time? Or did no, he just, he just he saw a pretty, he saw a pretty blonde in the second section and had one of the trainers go up and bring her down, and now they're getting... She's wearing a Dodgers jacket. Oh, no, she isn't. <laughs> that would be funny, though. That's a really big ring, though. Holy smokes. Good thing he got a bonus for winning the World Series. <laughs> Astros won 5-1 over the L.A. Dodgers. Oilers lose 3-2 to the Penguins. 
Special teams are not good. They're not able to get the decisive goal in the third period. They're 3-7-1 and one on the season. We have Rocket on the line. Hey, Rocket, good to hear from you. Hey, good to hear from you guys, too. Just out of curiosity, Rob, how long do you think that marriage is going to last? <laughs> that one is all about love there, so I give it six to eight years. <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of months, but okay. Hey, I, I'm I'm calling in to be the voice of reason. Yes, there is problems with special teams. I, I've heard tons of callers, and I'm, I'm glad that when I call in, they don't ask me anymore what I want to talk about because when I I'm on hold as long as I have been, it changes like every five minutes. <laughs> but. Uh, um i if if i was if i was paying to go watch this game i'd i'd be disappointed in the loss but i'd be satisfied with the effort 100 100% they do have problems on special teams um i thought the Nugent hopkins penalty was borderline um i thought there you know the the 2-1 mcdavid missing that puck um, I, I'm not sure if he was stretched out completely or if he maybe thought it was going to hit the pad and then you know how like fast he can move. Yep, <clears> if he point. just maybe for a split second, but it was like a puck away from being a tap-in goal and a 3-1 lead. And and the goal posts, I think they, they canceled each other out because Pittsburgh, I think, had two and we had two. Like Darnell Nurse's, that one was like, I could hear that across the city. So I think this team is is making strides. I think they're they're going to move forward. I don't think this is going to last forever. Um, they're they're a talented, gifted team. Uh, you know, when we get, I think there's some problems like Sakara. Obviously, we're missing him. So when we get him back, that's going to help the special teams. They got to figure that out, especially the PK. I think. Like you say, Rob, as long as you're getting chances on the power play, I'd be more concerned if they weren't getting any, but they are getting like lots of chances on the power play. The penalty kill is atrocious. I think they got to revert to um, either a pressure box like the other caller was talking about where you're just pressuring guys all the time or you're, 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 you're doing a diamond or you're, you're just falling back and giving up the point shots and, and crowding the front of the net and clearing rebounds. you got to do one of the three, but I think, I think on the PK we're caught halfway in between, and it's opening up those east-west passes, and we're giving those up way too much. Yeah, very good points. Absolutely. Rocket, good to hear from you. 780-496-0063. Quickly, let's go down to the Oilers' dressing room. He did get an assist tonight to extend his point streak to six games. Here's Patrick Maroon. Uh, sure, I have nothing else to say. I just have fun ways with hockey games right now. We're not winning them, and we can sit here and talk about what we need to do right now, but I think it's enough's enough. we got to find ways to win hockey games. I guess. I mean, he's been good against us. He's been really good against us. I mean, if I lift it or I take it a little deeper, maybe I get that goal. But he made a good save. Obviously, I got to bear down. And I mean, I'm trying to bear down and get a goal. But what are you going to do? I mean, just got to find ways to win hockey games around. There's nothing else to talk about. We got to find ways to win hockey games. That's we got to just. Get it. I don't know what else to say. 
Special teams wise, you guys made some changes. Did you feel like there was progress there tonight? Yeah, if we got one, but we get two in the third, we got to find ways to score. I mean, that's it. That's what it comes down to. Uh, it's just frustrating for us right now. It's very frustrating. I think guys obviously are very frustrated and guys are trying to say what we need to do, but we got to find ways to win. This is unacceptable, I guess. One more goal. Do you need to figure out what they have and get that in this room? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> that's a different team over there. We need to focus on our team. We need to focus what's in this locker room. We, we don't know what's going on over there. I mean, they get a lucky bounce between the paddle, between Lars's stick and he goes on a breakaway. I mean, we got to find ways to let mental breakdowns I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's, they block shots, they're willing, and we found ways to, I guess, lose a hockey game. I don't know. So we lost tonight, and that's, it. that's all I can say right now. It's frustrating for everyone in those locker room right now. We had a really good chance. Reed, that's Patrick Maroon. All right, Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers' locker room. Frustrating indeed. The Oilers lose by a goal, 3-2 to the Penguins. More of your calls, more post-game reaction ahead. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. Eight stories above the ice surface at Rogers Place, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, breaking down another Oilers loss. Penguins 3, Oilers 2, the final. Two power play goals for Pittsburgh, one for the Oilers. Nugent Hopkins got his fifth. Dreisaitl got his second. For the Pens, it was Hornquist, his fourth. Sheary, his sixth. Malkin, his sixth. Connor McDavid had two assists. Patrick Maroon had a helper tonight. He has a point in six straight games. 780-496-0063. We have Vinny standing by. Good evening, Vinny. Hey, how's it going, you guys? We're doing well. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time caller. I really appreciate you guys, uh, you guys' opinion on stuff, but uh, I'm calling to find out what you guys think of the first line uh, right wing position. Sorry, the first line which? Right wing position. Oh, well, I know what Rob's going to tell well, you. <laughs> t- to me, the, it's Leon Dreisaitl's spot because I don't know if there's anyone else on the Oilers right now that, are, uh, that have shown that they can play with Connor McDavid on that in, on that right side and produce uh, the way the Oilers are right now. They need production out of their first line or they have no chance of winning. Their third and fourth lines haven't produced yet this year. The Nugent Hopkins line has been, uh, I mean, he's got a few goals, but uh, what's Lucic on the season? I don't think he has an even strength goal. He's just got one goal on the season. So they're not getting anything out of their second line. So to me, until until someone proves that they can play with Connor McDavid, it, that, that's Leon Dreisaitl's spot. How about, how about trading like uh, Hopkins for Pacioretty or somebody like that? Like, What do you guys think of that? I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, most of the most of the trades that, that that we throw out there never come to fruition because it's it's just most of the trades that people throw out on our show are trades that benefit the Oilers because and if they benefit the Oilers and we feel they benefit the Oilers, then it's probably never going to be made because the other team also knows it benefits the Oilers. So I, I don't know. I have no idea if Pacioretty's in play. I have no idea if Ryan Nugent, Ryan Nugent Hopkins would ever be in play. And the problem with... I, I, the Oilers just aren't deep. They, they just aren't, aren't a, a deep team right now that if they, they have... They have holes in their lineup, and if they, they trade someone away to fill one hole up, they're creating a second hole. 
I think the Oilers have a team that is good enough to be a playoff hockey club. I, I think that there's players on this team that have underachieved. Their specialty teams have certainly underachieved. And if they play to the capabilities and the expectations, this is a playoff hockey team. Is it a Stanley Cup contending team? Well, that's, you know, there's still a lot to be, to be shown before they can get to that level. But they are certainly much better than they've shown thus far this season. And it's, I think they can change within. I think that they just need to start playing up to their capabilities and they'll be, they'll be fine. But they haven't yet. Thanks, Vinny. We, uh, we appreciate it. I mean, there, there could be a move. There could be a trade. I, I don't know at this time of year if it's going to be uh, a blockbuster. Now, I know why you'd throw Pacioretty's name out there. The Canadians have stunk. The Oilers yeah. have stunk. They're both in, in holes that they're trying to climb out of to try to get back into a playoff position. They're both below expectations, certainly. Um, you know, Pacioretty's 28. He's got two years left on a deal that uh, pays him $4.5 million. So You're saving it's, it's, money. You'd save a little bit, then you could potentially lose the player. So uh, I don't know. I mean, it'd be, I, I said earlier, the Oilers don't have somebody who plays a wing position who has a shot that really frightens the other team. They don't have a Patrick Liney, is what you're saying. No, and I'm not, yep. not, not saying, not every, well, Liney's an, an elite, elite guy. Yeah. But, I mean, even the way Eller fired that shot the other night. Uh, you know, Radulov fired that one for Yeah, but for Eller's, not a, Eller's not a, he's not a goal scorer in the National Hockey League. But, Radulov but, is. But at, least it, but at least Eller can uncork a shot like that every once in a while. Who, who, who even does it occasionally for Edmonton? Well, Milan Lucic has got a heavy shot. We've a, seen. A one-timer that all of a sudden he can just overpower the goalie, even if it happens five times a year? Well, yeah, but that's all Eller's is. Eller's is just a third-line guy. But, there are, but yeah, I, I agree with the Radulov. They don't have a Radulov. They don't have – there's – the Oilers – and we've said right from day one, the Oilers wingers, uh, there's not a lot of scoring touch on the, uh, on the in the wings for the Edmonton Oilers. They had guys who had career years last year and, and who are under expectations this year. They're not getting any depth scoring out of the th their third or fourth lines, and it's being magnified by the fact that their power play has not been good. Right. It, and I think, well, it's magnified either because of the special teams or the goals against when you're yep. giving up four before the empty <laughs> netter against, and you needed five to beat, you gave up four before the empty netter against Washington. Yep. You needed five to beat Dallas, so you got some some that night. And actually, Todd made a point the first year he was the coach, uh, they, and he, he made the point that, you know, that if the top 16 teams make the playoffs, there have been teams that have been 22nd, 25th in terms of goals for that have made the playoffs because they're top 12 in goals against, or top 10 yeah, oh, in goals against. Yes, right? you're absolutely right. And this is a team that was built and succeeded last year because they were good defensively. Now, were they good defensively because their goaltending was exceptional? Partially, sure. Or were they good defensively because of their system? I think it was a bit of both. Bit of both. And the work ethic and the attention to detail, and all those things have slipped a little bit. And as Sidney Crosby said it best before the game tonight, that there's no easy games in this league. The parity is so close that if you don't bring your A game, any team can beat you. And the Vancouver Canucks and the Las Vegas teams, they're showing you that they are capable of winning games. And those were supposed to be two bad teams. So if you slip a little bit, if you, if you miss your details, lose your details, you will lose hockey games. And that's what's happened with the Edmonton Oilers this year. Right. And I, and I do think the Oilers are going to go on a run. I yep. mean, I think the, the thing is, this is the problem with being 3-7-1, and one, Rob. You could win, say you win four to your next five. That's really good. You're yeah. still below 500, yeah. right? 
and then you could go three and two in your next five. Well, you're still just barely back to five. And then, you, I mean, that's that's the scary part you're about, chasing. about getting off to this bad start. Yeah, you're, you're chasing. And, and the one thing that the Oilers really benefited from last year was they were healthy. Their star players were healthy all year long. Now, Drysdale missed a couple of games this year, but the Oilers, you know, have been fairly fairly healthy with their star players other than Sakura, and they haven't made took taken advantage of it. The Oilers at some point are going to run into injury problem. Every team in the National Hockey League does. The Penguins right now, they got a couple of very good defensemen out of the lineup. The Anaheim Ducks are just getting beat up right now because of all the injuries they've had. Yet all those teams are still above the Oilers in the standings. And the Oilers aren't winning when they're relatively healthy. When that injury bug hits, which it will, are they, are, are they so desperate for points? Because right now they're desperate for points, and they're going to be chasing unless they start pulling something together here because you do not want to be chasing in February and March and needing other teams to lose. You've got to bank points now, and the Oilers just aren't doing it. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Uh, I mean, the, uh, the Devils are 9-2. and two. They're coming in here on Friday. And I, and I love Peter Shirley did that one interview last year where they, they had that pretty good start, and he said, well, we're harvesting points. And it's it's disappointing to lose an overtime or a shootout, Rob, but I don't know if you remember, they had that ga- they had that stretch in December last year where they played, remember they played five games in seven days. They played like Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. They only won one game. They lost three in overtime or a shootout. So they went one, one, and three. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They blew that game late against Buffalo but got a point. And then in December, they went seven, two, and five. And at the end of the month, you're like, okay, well, they, they won half their games, which is decent, but they only had a night where they walked out of the arena without a point, right? And that's another thing. Some of these games that are tied after the third, the, you know, so they're, so they're two, three, and one. If that's three, two, and one or three, one, and two, you're looking mm-hmm. totally different at this stretch of six games. You are. It, it, it's it's the loser point, but the loser points add up at the end of the season, and the Oilers aren't getting there. They're not. They're not pushing it into extra time enough, and, and, and they need to because this Western Conference is too strong. It's just too strong to fall behind. And, and I know that Jack and Bob were talking about it before the game. It, it's the Oilers right now aren't chasing, trying to leapfrog one or two teams. They oh, it's everybody except Arizona. Everyone except Arizona. They have to leapfrog. And if the Oilers go on a run, well, some of those other teams are going to go on runs as well. So you, you go on this great run where you win seven of nine. Well, if you're having to leapfrog six or seven teams, half of those teams are going to also have those runs. Right. So you don't actually pick up. Or, you if, pick- you're, or if you're already six points behind. All those other teams have to do is go five and four, and they're still still yes. ahead of you in the same nine-game stretch. It's it, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. They have not they have been they have not beaten an Eastern Conference team all, already this season. They got uh, two more on this homestand, and they have a four-game road trip only against Eastern teams. This this is going to be interesting to see where this goes if they are able to keep clawing away. I, I mean. Okay, this is going to sound like an obvious statement, but <laughs> making the playoffs is is a year-long process. Last year, it was a year-long process to hold on to that position, which they did. They never they never dropped out, even when they had that five-game losing streak in November. This year, like you said, Rob, they they could even have a good twenty-game stretch where they go fourteen and six, and still be out of the playoffs. Like it, this is likely going to be if they are going to get in. This is going to be a year-long scrap 
for every single point, every single win to get back in. Well, it is because they're going to have their run, which will put them at some point in a playoff spot. But now they've had that run, and there's always a fallback. Whenever you have a run, you always have a, a 500 streak or just below 500 streak, and then they're going to drop out again. So that's what's the problem is you don't bank points right now and why it's so important. And it's a cliche line, but, you know, the points at the beginning of the season are just as important as the ones at the end of the year. And it is, and sometimes it's more important because it sets up your season. And right now the other season is set up of one of chasing. The Penguins have uh, had some tough nights. They've lost a couple games 7-1. They lost a game 10-1. But they've won both against the Oilers to get to 8-5-1 and on the season. They're coached by Mike Sullivan. Considering how this trip started, I'm sure you're thrilled with a win and how it transpired. Yeah, we are. You know, like, as I said this morning, we're we're more concerned about the process, just just trying to play the game the right way and, and the attention to detail and becoming more difficult to play against. And I thought, um, I thought we were tonight. You know, Edmonton's a good hockey team. They've got a lot of offensive weapons. Um, they're a dangerous team off the rush in particular. And uh, I thought for the most part, we, we had a pretty solid effort, 5-1-5. We didn't score, but, you know, for me, if the process is there, it's a matter of time for us. And, uh, and we, were, we were pleased with that. Mike, what were, what were some of the specifics that you liked about that? staying on the right side of the puck seemed like be in particular yeah, something? I just thought overall we were stiffer, you know, and, and we talked a lot about cooperative effort, about, uh, about working to support your line mates in every aspect of our game, whether it be on the breakouts or whether it be on our forecheck, getting that second man quick to the battle so that, so that the, the first man effort isn't isolated and, and it becomes, it's a lot easier to beat isolated pressure than it is to beat cooperative pressure. And we talk about that a lot as a group. And, and that's something that we think has been absent in our game with any sort of consistency. It, we, we have it at times. And when we do, I think we're tough to play against. When we don't, I think that's when uh, teams tend to come out against us fairly easily. And uh, it becomes a hard game. We chase the game a little bit. So I thought there was more cooperative effort uh, in all three zones tonight. Uh, certainly it wasn't perfect, but but we were pleased with the progress we made. you feel like it was important at all emotionally just to get a win, to get something positive happening after the way that went in my game? Right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we want to we wanna end up on the right right side of the score. You know, our power play has been very good all year long. Our, both, our, our special teams, for the most part, have been very strong. Um, you know, we give up a shorthanded goal tonight, but for the most part, it was a pre it was pretty good. Other than the first, their first power play, they got a, f a handful of chances on. But uh, you know, a after that, I thought for the most part, the penalty kill did a good job. But our power play has been has been really good, has won a lot of games for us in this early part of the season. So, uh, you know, we know when we when we get our five on five game in order, that we're going to be that much more difficult to play against. The two penalties to Jake in the first period. Did you get an explanation as to? What was going on there? Um, well, it was they, they had two separate calls on the same guy at two different instances. That was the explanation. That is Mike Sullivan, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins, who come into Rogers' place tonight, get a third-period power play goal, and beat the Edmonton Oilers 3-2. Our next Oilers broadcast on 6.30, Ched, will be Friday night. Taylor Hall, Corey Schneider, and the New Jersey Devils come to town. We'll have the face-off show at 5.30. The game will start at 7. want to thank Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers' place, and our studio producer back at 6.30, Ched, is Patrick Bauer. On behalf of Rob Brown, my name is Reed Wilkins. 
Hopkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. It's 11:19. I'll talk to you on Inside Sports at 6 p.m. tomorrow. Have a great night.